If you're looking to buying a new home or selling your home, please go see Legacy Realty Group Remax Vantage and speak to Valdir Baptista Korea, real estate agent at 508-441-1628. His email is Realtor at gmail.com. His motto is your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. That's Valdir Korea at 508 441 1628. You can buy a home or you can sell the one you have. But see this guy. Like he says, your perfect home is out there. I can help you find it. You are listening to WMB1 Radio, your urban music link from the secret city. Your host, Charlie Perry and Russell Raymond, serving you R&B music on the rocks. Chilled music with chilled hosts, where you get to listen to the music you love the most on WMB1 Radio. I'm going to send him the link through. uh... Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Really Charlie podcast. Today's guest, uh, numerous guests, but we're going to start off with my man, Russell Ramos. Got a few things we're going to talk about as we wait for our other guests to come on. Um, You know, some of the things we're going to talk about is uh, Coach John Gruden. uh, Used to be Coach John Gruden of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and he's got himself th- in trouble with some emails and, uh, his legacy is now gone to the toilet pretty much. So, you know, but we're going to talk about those issues and, and some other things, just talk and rap, um, as good friends do. So, but, uh, so what's going on, Mr. Ramis? How you doing, man? Well, first of all, I want to tell you, cause I know you went to the Jab- Jabril event today and unfortunately, you know, I couldn't be there. I know Jabril, and um, last time I saw him, it was at the uh, art museum when he was there for the for Ruth Carter presentation. And I just wish him all the best. You know, we just go so far back, and you know, I remember everything he's done for the for the community. So, with all love and all respect, I'm sure everyone must have had such a good time. You know, there's just some health reasons that I just couldn't be out there, but he understands that. And I'm sure you could tell me that it was a nice presentation. I'll probably be able to watch it, watch it on cable television. So I know I, I was definitely missing a, a really good event, but I'll get yeah, to see his street. His street name will be nice to be able to see his name on the street. Yeah. It's, um, it was a good event. And for you all out there, listeners and viewers that, um, you know, out there, Dr. Jabril Kazan was is was Ezel Blair Jr. He was one of uh, four men that uh, actually um, 
you know, we're part of the Greensboro Four with the sit-ins, and uh, so he, he's definitely um, he's a very iconic person in in American history, and um, we were able to dedicate and uh, and rename uh, a park in the city of New Bedford, Massachusetts, after Dr. Jabril Ghassan. and um, so we, you know, that was something I did earlier today. And I was very fortunate to be there and actually read some of my, uh, read something that I wrote about Jabril. And um, it just was a good, good event. And I really got to commend the people involved that were able to approve and get this thing going. But uh, it should never stop with Jabril because he's the one man that I know in my whole life that was, that did one thing or many things that touched every continent in this world and, and, and on this earth you know he was able to you know do something for the sake of, of humanity him and his friends which led to many other people doing it and but they were the start and um he's here in new bedford one of our finest residents here in the city hey derek how you doing man hey what's up fellas can you hear me okay yeah i can hear you derek how you doing? Yeah, I was a surprise to see that on Facebook about Jabril today. That was great. Yeah, he's. Uh, it was a long time coming, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, you know, city folks got it together and um, were able to, uh, you know, start with this, start with this dedication and, and uh, renaming the. Park. I think I got Frank Frank on the O line. Hold on. Okay. Yes, Frank. They have the, they yeah, have man. Little, I see you guys. It says uh, you're in the show hold on Derek, um, one second anyone can see you uh, hear you what is supposed to invite me or something okay uh hold on one second so so charlie frank is frank can see us he's just looking for his invite to come in i already did it that's how he's in it so he has he's, to um get his camera on yeah he's he gotta put his camera on it's, that's all frank frank you have to enable your camera yeah, you have to enable your camera. Your camera's not not on. You got to go into your settings and and get that going. Okay. All right. Yep. So we're gonna keep on. Uh, Frank will will get it done. Um, okay. I've done a lot of stuff for Jabril at Tech, uh, um, North Carolina A and T. They they okay. brought them guys back yearly and and dedicated stuff. They have statues of them. So they've done a lot. They made a museum out of the uh, the Woolworths counter and all that. It's 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 amazing how many things have actually been implemented throughout, you know, the country and um, you know, and and it's real, you know, folks in in different communities that really thought of it as being an essential part of our history, and I'm pretty sure we do here in this city, but um, yeah, it's, it's just so. too slow. Man. Hold, on, hold on one second. I think that a lot of things that um. A lot of things that could be done, you know, as far as, um, you know, maybe a statue, um, different things. Hold on, I'm going to mute Russell for a second here. You all set, Russell? Well, uh, Frank is just getting... If you have to deal with him, then I'm going to mute you, and then I'm going to just have a conversation with Derek so, you know, we can keep it... Yeah, yeah, you can you can absolutely do that because we're working on our end to get him... Get him on. Okay. I'll mute okay. you and then you just wait. Yes, please. Then, all right. Okay. Well, let me 
Let me show you something first. Uh, Frank and I, when I was in uh, Vegas, went for a visit. I don't know uh -huh. if, you, how you, if you can see that too well. Oh, now I see it now. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were in the, the MMA fighting gym on In the Ring. That's nice. That's better. Yeah. yeah. Frank took me around. We went to uh, Mayweather's gym. Frank knew everybody, the terrain, got me a T-shirt, and it was it was really good. That was in wow. 2019 when I went out there. It's 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 amazing that uh, things he's doing, you know, and I'm going to make sure that, you know, every few years I go to Vegas, and one of the things I'm going to end up doing is is to make sure that I am in that city. I'm going to go see Frank and, sure. and, you got and spend to, the yeah. day with him. And uh, so yeah, It was a fun time. Yeah. We spent um, a few Michael, days together. Yeah, good. Michael Joe Santos says, I I got some great photos of the dedication, sending them to Eric as soon as they, they upload. Thank you, Michael. Michael's a, a great historian just by the pictures that he takes. Never right. mind the other countless things that he does behind the scenes. But, um, Michael, thank you. The, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I'll... You know, Derek, I want to give you some flowers, man. There's, there's, there's definitely uh, some great, great things that you're doing, um, you know, with the acting and, and, and actually being an activist, you know, through social media. And you're doing some great things. The Thank one you. thing, the, the, with guys like you that, that were ahead of me and, and you, you kind of laid the footsteps, you know, to follow. You know, we can follow people whether it's on a good, bad, or ugly path. You know, but I want right. to tell you that your path was was definitely um, a path that many should have followed, and and I definitely was very impressed with your, your you know, service and um, you know, the acting and everything that you do. And I just want to—we haven't seen each other a long time, you know, other than the social media stuff. Right. I just want to say that keep up the good work because. Um, you know, our hometown needs this. We need to know that, you know, you don't have to stay within the 13 miles of the city. You that's, can move forward, correct. you know, in, in other right. directions. You can come back if you want. I came back. I left for five years, came back. So. Well, and, and what you're saying about, you know, people are before me and like I'm before you, it was people like your father who were before me had set the trail for a lot of us as well, you know, and his compadres, we were killing up in a difficult time and mm -hmm. there was protests all over the country. sort of like today, but not as widespread as today has been, which uh, we've had people around the world joining in to protest some of the in injustices here in the U S but yeah, your dad was inspiration to many of us as, as young guys, they were leaders, him and his circle oh. of folks. No. And, they, they've done a lot to uh, help bring us forward. And some uh, okay, now underneath it, is there something that says settings underneath? Hold on one second. Okay. I'm sorry, Derek. Yeah, that's no one. So, um, yeah, and, and in New Bedford, I mean, we don't think of New Bedford in the circles that we grow up as being a, a racist uh, place, but um, I encountered a lot of it. And one of the things that uh, I, when I really touched upon it was when I took over uh, – um, Mr. Uh, Jack uh, Custodio's radio show. I was the first person that he entrusted to take over his show for. Um, and I did it for three weeks. 
but mm -hmm. I was looking to get paid in radio. I didn't want to do volunteer work. And I basically exposed the injustices in that, what that was going on there, where none of the radio stations or TV stations, in fact, maybe TV stations may have had one or two minorities on payroll, but mm -hmm. none of the radio stations did. And I actually decided I was going to go into radio when I was a freshman at Roger Williams College. Okay. And uh, I, I wanted to, I wasn't studying anything that I wanted there. It was kind of tough. I didn't have a car. I was hitchhiking back and forth home and stuff like that. And, you know, luckily one of the brothers from uh, the Gomes brother from uh, uh, Wareham and stuff, give me a ride sometimes. So, you know, that mm -hmm. was, that was pretty cool. Um, but, um, you know, it was tough. So I decided that I was going to go back home for a year. I'll work, I'll buy a car and go back to college. And, and I, I chose the hospital to work at. And so I did that and I went back to school at Dean and that's where I studied radio. That's, I decided that's what I wanted to do. Wow. But music was also a big part of my life as well. Yeah. That's, uh, the, um, you know, the thing that Russell and I are doing, uh, and I can't wait to unmute him so we can talk, you know, and, um, the, uh, the thing Russell and I are doing on WMB one radio is, is a good opportunity, especially for, you know, the, our generation is to throw, you know, play some music, you know, throw, play more of the music that we grew up on and, and, and just play that chill type music. Um, and I'm glad. I mean, he, he's always been someone that I looked to, looked up to as far as the radio and listened to him, along with yourself. And, and you know, there was Carl Pires, there was, you know, Brian Magnet, you know, that we, you know, I looked up and I said, man, that's a good job. That's a good thing to do. I would like to yeah. do that eventually, you know, and here probably well, 20, 20 plus years, you know, I'm finally doing it. That's good. One of my inspirations, though, is that a lot of people don't really know the younger generation is the older folks would listen. And I listened as a kid. I always listened to radio and WNBH had China Vells on the air doing a jazz show. Mm -hmm. China Vells is Randy Vells, uncle, DeAndre's uncle, you know, Lisa DeAndre and those folks. Um, and he was on radio for quite a few years in New Bedford and he did jazz. And uh, he was an inspiration to me. And he wow. ended up leaving. And uh, I guess he, he went he went down to Florida, I guess, and worked down there for, for a number of years. And uh, <laughs> I think he passed away a few short years ago. But he wow. was a great inspiration for <laughs> me to get into radio. I remember my uh, father-in-law mentioning him, um, you know, because Bob Bassett was my father-in-law's friend. They're close, right. close friends and, and, you know, and stuff, some of the things that they've done. And uh, so that's one of the names that I remember him talking about over the years. Um, sure. Yep. So it's great. Great show. You know, it's awesome. Derek, Derek, you, you used to do those, those late night shows. I remember when you, I remember when you were on County street and they had a wind, they had a glass window in that glass. Frank, no, that's all right, Russell. Go ahead. I muted. So, oh, okay. So, so I remember there was a glass on the side of that building, and 
people could see you. I mean, you could go by and you could see that someone was DJing in there. Um, how you tell me this? There was a there was a situation one night though. It was kind of scary for you because you were on the air <laughs> and and you were telling me what happened. Yeah, it was uh, Nicole Johnson and yeah. uh, one of her friends. I'm doing a show, and the window is actually in the back of the studio. And the window was open because we didn't really, uh, I don't know if you even remember if we had air conditioning in there, but I'm doing the show and then I heard this voice behind me and I'm like startled. I'm like, what? And it was Nicole. And uh, she was like sneaking out, listening to me and, and stuff. And then, you know, her and her friend. And then I invited them in and they got to be the Starship kids, her and my cousin, Maria Elena. And they would help me out in the studio. They would answer the phone because I didn't have time to answer the phone. The phone kept ringing. It never stopped ringing. So mm -hmm. I couldn't answer the phone. Plus, I had to keep the FM station going in the, in the, in the other room, which was a mm -hmm. big computerized programmer that had big reel-to-reels. And I had to go in and change them to keep that rolling. So it was busy. But uh, people would come and, you know, bring me food. Uh even Eddie Stack came one day. He was a good friend of my mother's, Eddie Stack, great saxophone player. And he came just to tell me he was so proud of me, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that was amazing for, for someone uh, just to show up and and say yep. something like that to me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, have, I had a lot of people that helped to inspire me mm -hmm. and help keep me going. I did it for two years and out. One time, for most of that time, I programmed the whole 12 hours from six Saturday night to six Sunday morning. Wow. And so I, I was able to fill in a lot of uh, music. I, I would start out mm -hmm. with some R&B and some disco, but I would play the songs that were the B-sides or other songs, not the main hits that were everybody would hear every day. Mm -hmm. And then I would get into, uh, you know, a little bit more serious music at night music for lovers and jazz mm -hmm. late night and the wee hours and end up in the morning with gospel. And mm -hmm. once in a while I throw in some rock with some Hendrix and classical. I just try to give everybody a little taste of everything just mm -hmm. to show that mm -hmm. you don't have to be inhibited and, and hemmed into one type of music. There's so much beautiful music out there and a lot of it is good. I mean, it's, it, and it doesn't matter what kind it is. Yeah, and, and you know, there was a, that was an AM signal. Right. You will offer AM signal at NBH. So what what maybe a lot of people know is that signal is going straight. And so AM signals like I used to listen to stations all the way to New York that want to exactly. AM my Watch AM, <laughs> my little battery. I just listen to a little battery radio right. radio and, and, and I could get signals way out in New York. So a lot of people right. were listening to you because of that signal. A FM signal goes up. And then it comes down, but the AM just goes straight like a train. So you were, getting, happened, you were getting a lot of connections. At night, we used to go to lower power because that, in the daytime, they would run out of higher uh, wattage. And then at night, I, that was one of my jobs. And that I had to get certified. I have a third-class engineer's license to operate a radio station. So nowadays, right. uh, when Reagan got in there and really uh, pretty, pretty much – started the destruction of the FCC, <laughs> hmm. um, you, you, you could, you had to get licensed and 
and with that came special duties that you had to do to keep the radio station running. Hmm. So yeah, the AM we powered down, but the the waves would skip. They'd skip across the the band hmm. because there's other radio stations in the, that same band around the country. So hmm. sometimes they'd be picked up. And I used to listen to radio at night, like and when I was a kid in school, uh, you know, and still in school, and and I'd pick up stations from Ohio and all over the place. I mean, hmm. it, was, it was amazing. Hmm. Now, you always had to do technically, you had to calibrate, you had to do the calibration every time you went into the station. Do you remember that? They yeah, were always yeah. they were always emphasizing at USM years ago that you had to calibrate. Don't forget to calibrate. And you had to mark it in the book. And we, yeah. were, also, we were also required to get a little license. I used to carry, I had a little yellow card that said right, I, that was, that's I passed what the that changed, Yes, That's what we they went to when Ronald Reagan had started deregulating the FCC. Now, in order for me to get in radio, it wasn't that easy. I, yeah. um, when I came home, I, uh, I was trying. I went to all the stations and no one was hiring. And then Jack Custodio turned his show over to me and I did that for three weeks. And then I just let loose and talked about all the wrongs that were going on and how they were using people for their licensing and not paying any minority people to be on the radio. That was WBSM. Mm -hmm. So I never got to really sit down with Jack and talk about that, but he was kind of shocked. He said, like, what did you do? <laughs> so he, he wanted to get out, but I wanted to get in making money. It wasn't about me just, you know, doing it for fun and stuff. I went to school, you know, I invested my time and energy. And I had, when I was at Dean in Franklin, Mass., we had two great guys that um, taught my classes for, for uh, broadcast media. And they were brothers that, they were white dudes, but they were brothers that ran yep. a radio station in Cranston, Rhode Island. And they... They discussed the FCC rules, regulations, and when I when I, all that stuff hit me and how things were in New Bedford, I realized that we were being wrong. So when I tried to get a job, I couldn't. So what I did, I wrote up a, a complaint, and they were having a commission meeting with the a commissioner of mass discrimination uh, from the state, the commissioner of uh, the. Uh, yeah, Massachusetts Department of Discrimination. So I went to the meeting and I spoke to him and he came over to me after the meeting and he said, uh, give me your complaint. I have a friend in Washington and I'm going to get with him on this. Now, at the time, I didn't know Benjamin Hooks was the head of the FCC. If you know who Benjamin Hooks is, he yeah. was is one of the great civil rights leaders. He's, he's, he's a up, upstanding man. And when that complaint hit the airway, hit the hit DC and hit back in New Bedford, the radio stations were scrambling to hire minorities. <laughs> My, uh, WBSM even hired a person that did the news. WNBH was trying to hire people. I had already given up. Yeah. WNBH had given another show. They wanted to start another talk show doing the same thing. Keith Francis, that's a soul my great yes. friend and roommate at the time, him, his uncle, Donald Gomes, and a couple other people were rotating, hosting this new show in on WNBH. And Keith had me on as his first guest. And I started talking about the discrimination in radio. And then they called me. They said, they told Keith to have me go and talk to them at WNBH. Uh, wow. And 
although I was looking for a full-time job, they hired me part-time and then they hired, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trouble thinking of his name. He was from out of town, but he was a student at, uh, he was a brother, a student at uh, uh, UMass Dartmouth, which was SMU at the time. And they hired him full-time. So, you know, as a student to work full-time at night, overnight, that wasn't going to work out too well, yeah. you know, but they hired me part-time, which, you know, that was just another way to try to weed him out and just, you know, just say they did it. But, you know, that was wrong. That was a wrong thing to do. Sure was because, you know what, his, his, his path was, or his dream was definitely to do that maybe and go a little further. But, you know, when you do things like that, you stop someone and you, you kind of might might want to just they might discourage you. And then you never go back to that because of that bad taste in your mouth, you know, and, uh, you know, or he, he could have got too angry and just said, hey, I'm going to be too angry. I don't want to do this. I don't want to end up, you know, hurting my reputation, my character. So I'm just going to step back and not do anything. You, you, you know, I want to I want to share this story with you because something you probably don't know. They actually hired me part time at NBH and I was doing a I was doing a 12 to 7 shift and I would go in and I changed those reels and I was playing. Uh, they had me playing 80s, 80s music. And I had a nice I had a really nice little audience and I was having a good time with it. And I said, you know, this is. I, all I did was think about you sitting in that room over there because I was sitting right in that little glass studio, and um, and one day, one day somebody I went in in, the, in during the day and someone said to me, um, "Did you leave your show? Did you leave your show last night?" And I said, "I don't understand. What do you mean? Did I leave my show?" And I said, "No, I didn't leave my show. I would never leave the show, but they they sort of brought up this funny thing that um, you know you may have." left your show and I said I said who in the world would just walk away from a radio show and then I said where do you, where did you think I went so there was this there was this young woman from uh, Boston she was doing the cat she um she was doing the country show and um they they uh they they were wanted they asked me did you two did you two leave and go somewhere aside which I thought was really rude man because I said, why would you, you know, she was a young sister and she was doing the country music. And they said, well, maybe those two got together and walked off the show and went somewhere, which I thought was the silliest thing. So these are the kind of things that, you know, they would bring up or you had w, WBSM on Union Street and we're right down the street from there, Charlie. I had an internship there and the guy, Aberray, who was there at the time, I went, I went there to do news and. Uh, he he kind of got upset because I was staying from 12 to 12 at night practicing my news story. I still have these news stories today. And uh, he, he told my professor it wasn't working out. I wasn't doing a good, you know, it didn't work. So I, I, went, I met with my professor and pulled out all my news stories in front of him. And he said, you got an A. He goes, I, I know he was, he goes, I know he was telling a story. I know you would work real hard at it. He goes, it's a bunch of baloney. So... You know, this is the, like what, what Charlie was talking about. You know, you, I didn't get discouraged about it, but I, I just kind of laughed at it. I said, this is this is the foolishness that we got to deal with, you know, all these years. You see, you know, you deal with this foolishness that's going on, but you just inspired us. And I, I just wanted to go uh, to something else. And it, it was the idea that, because Charlie and I were working the other day on some promos, 
and you had the most amazing promo, which was this, which was the Sun Kiss show, and you had that Sun Kiss, right? Kiss, yeah. Every, everybody, everybody loved to hear that between the songs. You would just always Sun Kiss show. So, kiss. so remember that Kiss and everybody. Yeah, so tell me that story. This is what I'm bringing, leading up to. Tell me the story <laughs> about about where that went. Yeah, everybody's going to remember this. I went to an interview at, uh, that radio station in uh, uh, was it Brooklyn, Brookline, or I think it was, or somewhere out, outside of Boston, Brighton, Brookline. And yep. Sonny Joe White was the broad, the uh, manager at the time, program manager, and I met with him. Good guy, was by the way, nice guy. Yeah. Kind of messed up because I actually fell asleep with a a sun <laughs> and half my face was kind of sunburned, right? <laughs> and I was it was kind of weird. So I went there anyway, and uh, we, we talked and stuff. And he said, "Well, you know, I like I like what you're doing. Just stay in touch with me." And I'm like, "Why is he telling me stay in touch if he's not going to hire me?" Yeah. And then the next thing I know, they had the is Kiss FM, and they had this. TV commercial with the kiss with lips yeah. and it was, you know, it's like tingling stars and stuff. And I'm like, damn, he, took, he stole my my ideas. Why? That's why he wants me to stay in touch with him. So, yeah, Sonny Joe White. I'll never forget that. Uh, it's amazing. Unfortunately, it's, he's not with us today. You know, but, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, the kind yeah, of stuff that goes on in the business. Yeah, you know, people yeah. steal your ideas and and things like that. But it's, the um, it's it's uh, you know, Russell. When you and I talked about you know naming the show, I, I was like all over the place, man. I just didn't know. I was singing Sun Kiss. I was singing the Sun Kiss Starship show, man. Why not? Yeah. The uh, <laughs> well, Derek, I, he had a freeze for a minute. He was like, "Did yeah, he say so, that?" Well, someone else stole it. Well, you, you want to steal it again? No. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta steal the song. You are. I'm here. He's way down in. He's way down in New Orleans, man. How's he supposed to know? He ain't gonna know. Yeah. Hey. Hey guys. Listen. What's up, Frank? How you doing, man? I am very sorry. Got this new computer just for you, Charlie. Just for you. I love it, man. I was tired of doing it on this iPhone. So look at all my boys. Look at all my boys. They're all yeah, but you better you better give the credit. Frank, Frank, you better give the credit real quick as to where it should go. You better hurry up because she's gonna she's gonna tell me something later. Who no, you well, talking? I just talked I I, I just talked to her. Who were you talking to? Your, your wife. My wife? <laughs> Man, come to <laughs> yeah, you better I'm give so no, happy that I'm on. You better Come give on, no the credit. You better give her credit, man. You better watch it. It's gonna take you in the ring, man. <laughs> hey, I ain't messing. Never Frank, mess with Frank. Frank. Yeah, Russell, you didn't see that. I ain't messing yeah. with Frank. Frank had me up 5 30 in the morning at Upward Bound, man. He had us running like you wouldn't believe. Forget it. Push ups, hey. running. Please. Yeah, Derek. Show that picture yes. again, Derek. I <laughs> it's it's kind of hard. Uh, let's see. Here we go. See that it focuses in. Oh wait, let me see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you there go. What? Yeah. yeah, Derek came down. Came down to the fight capital. 
Yep. Nice. That that gym right there, fellas, is the first MMA gym in the whole entire state. That launched Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, so many other of the old UFC guys. Wow. Yep. Nice. I'm at I'm at the old ref and judge. Um, See that who's that? Who's it? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. A little bit closer. A little bit closer. A little bit closer. Yeah, right that's, there. That's, perfect. that's perfect. All right. We got it. Okay. We got it. And the little short dude it turned off, one Derek. of the best trainers in Las Vegas. Like 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 a Freddie Roach. Wow. That's Chris yeah. Ben. Nice. Yep. I worked with him for over 10 yeah. years. Yeah, we went Deep. to uh I was telling we went to um uh Michael uh, Mayweather's gym and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, here we are outside of Mayweather's gym. This is a bad way to do it, but yeah, it's um, uh, it almost works. Right there, there perfect. There, Hold right it right there, there. right there, perfect, the perfect. Gym. We got it. See the sign. That's outside of May Mayweather's. Mayweather, uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. A, oh yeah, it's little in Chinatown area. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, 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 it's Vegas. Yeah. I'll but tell Charlie, you one, this is your show, so let me let you let you conduct this. Go on, Charlie. Right. You know, it's hey, this is this is us. Like we're sitting, you know, at the park wall or anywhere. You know, this is us <laughs> rapping. So this is what we're gonna do. It's kind of like the, you know, my past guests. I had a barbershop segment where guys would just come in and talk about whatever. So this is kind of like a barbershop segment where we're just gonna talk about a few things, and it happens to be, sure. you know, John Gruden. Um, former coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and um, you know he got himself in a jam. Got himself in a jam because you know what? Some people think you know they're Teflon, they're bulletproof, and uh, they can, they yeah. think that things uh, just because you press a delete button they're gonna go away. But guess what? You send it to a lot of people, it's not gonna, it's never gonna get deleted. It's always gonna be there. So, well, you you know his exit from the Raiders was was, was um, news on every channel, every newspaper headline news, and you know you never think it was a, it was a big deal because yeah. he was like the most uh, highly paid coach in the NFL, and for him to come out and say some egregious stuff like that, it, it was it was it was disheartening, yeah. but it, it, but it's not surprising, mm -hmm. and the reason it's not surprising, and I'm telling you, is because. And I, you know, I always want to bring race, but it is race, okay? Yeah. You know, it's like I always told my son. I said, you know, as long as you're doing something for them, they fine with you. He didn't understand this until one day, he was fighting forest fires up there in Reno. Okay. And you know, they were giving him donuts and coffee and everything and praising him. And, and you know, this goes back to Gruden and every, everything. And as soon as he took off that that, that firefighter uniform, went to a rodeo, he was called the N word two or three times. Never heard that word in a derogatory because you know we we bubbled him. Mm -hmm. He calls me on the phone and he tells me, "Pop, they call me this and this." I said, "Son, do me a favor, get the hell out of there. You probably the only one at this rodeo. Come home." But this some people in the NFL when you see all these players, walk, you know, Derek knows this. They they they, they come and praise the game. We make touchdowns. We, we you know catch passes. We do all these things. As long as we're in uniform, as long as we're in military, as soon as we step out of there, we ain't nothing. Yep. Go on, go on, Derek. Take it from there. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Charlie, um, well, I sent Charlie some pictures. I don't know if you had them available to show I, and stuff I like do. that. I do. Let me uh, 
Yeah. Let me go but and uh I met, I met Gruden. I was with Calvin Brooks. I saw uh, that picture. The brother of Clarence Brooks, who was the uh defensive line coach from uh the Ravens from New Bedford, of course. Every we all know him, Clarence. And yeah. um rest his soul. And uh we went to the sports bar at the Hilton and there with a word, John Gruden and Mike Tarico and the other uh, broadcaster there. And um, so Calvin went over and started talking to Tarico because uh, Brooks, his brother, uh, Clarence, had coached at um, Syracuse. And I guess Mike Tarico went to school there. I didn't know that. So he knew him and he was talking. And at the time I was coaching girls high school basketball and they were real interested in that. And, you know, we took a picture and, you know, it seemed so normal and, and, and cool. And, you know, you would have never suspected that John Gruden would be the type of person that he turned out to be. Um, but I guess he was, he really is a Chucky inside, you know, came out. <laughs> and, uh, but that's going back a long way. <clears throat> that was from bless 2011 you. with the, uh, yeah, bless you. the emails and stuff. So, it's, it's, yeah, we all felt the same way. You know, he's he, you know he's a Raider coach. You know, Raiders are all about brothers. You know, Upshaw and all those guys in the past. Right. You would never suspect, just like you said, you went up to this guy, had a drink with him in, 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 in a bar, and he turned out to have that kind of stuff in his heart. And that's what makes it hot for African Americans in, 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 in any light. When you when and you're he's out. hanging out with you know Mike Tirico and stuff, and he knows he knows lots of black people. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just it's they made him rich. They made him rich. Like he knows right. a lot of them. They made us rich, you know. So, but, but I've encountered yeah. a lot of different uh, situations with racism. You know, from New Bedford on, you know, with the radio, and when I was in high school, um, I, you know, I sent Charlie the picture. Um, I was going to uh, get him. Just trying to download them from my laptop so okay. I don't hurt the internet um, connection between all of us. Right. So. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, in the paper on Thursday to start. I would play that vote, you know, New Bedford vote and at the old vote, of course. And I was scheduled to start on Saturday. My picture was in the paper Thursday. And then all of a sudden, game time and my good friend Roberto Carter was starting. And even Carol Pimento came over to the gate. <laughs> we were playing New Bedford High, incidentally. We were, we were visitors at Sergeant Field that day. Nice. And Carol Pimento came over because she's a vote grad, and she said, what happened? And I just looked at it, I don't know. <laughs> so I, know, I was never told anything, but what was going on in school was I spoke out against some issues that we had with uh, haircuts, which is you know such a simple thing about how the standards were different for the brothers and for the white kids. And I got into arguments with the shop supervisor and, uh, you know, uh, I probably, I went uh, beyond what I probably should have for a student at my age and all, but, you know, it was difficult times. And we had come off the summers with uh, Lester Lima being killed, you know, a good friend of mine and, you know, Kim and, and, and uh, Gordon, and uh, Randy being shot at the same time. And it was by our junior high school principal's son, Mr. Brown. Was, you, you know, just, wow, I did not know that. 
It's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, Mr. Brown at Roosevelt. And Mr. Brown, I always felt he was a fair man. You know, he knew all, you know, should be, Mr. Lehman, he, 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 um, he, he, he went beyond and above to try and uh, not hand down harsh penalties to people. I mean, we had a tough crowd down there at Roosevelt, no doubt. But <laughs> I always felt he was a fair man, and he actually went to Shubby's house. Uh, you know, I've heard that he apologized to his mother and stuff, and maybe a lot of people don't know that. But, you know, he, he was an honorable man. It's just you something you can't control what your kids are going to do sometimes. You know, he exactly. they lived in a cushion that, you know, a lot of elements out there, of course, surrounding areas in New Bedford. We, you know, people harboring more racist feelings than maybe most people in the area for whatever reason. I don't know. But uh, and then, you know, years later, I met Mr. Brown's daughter. She was teaching at um, uh Judge uh, Duval School, where I worked there, and I used to, you know, substitute, and I was a, a part of the uh, after-school program. I, I, I remember that. I remember that. So I helped out with the after-school program. Yeah. And she was another, you know, very nice person. She she was dedicated to helping the kids down there, no matter what race they were. And you know, it's just that this one person in the family, just something, the outside influences just made him harbor these these feelings but you know there was no real justice for that though he never really spent much jail time or anything from what i understand you know and, yeah. and that's that's you know that's the, the the horrible reality that we lived in you know so of course i, I was a very angry person at that time and you know uh witnessing the riots and and being uh involved in the community uh you know you, you had to react in some way and i reacted the way i i did you know i wasn't influenced by anybody to to do what i did it's just my mind and what i felt was right and so i was calling kaepernick before Colin kaepernick and you know that i was going to say that me realize it because i, was I had no idea that what had happened to me and until what happened to Colin Kaepernick, then I started piecing things together. And then I realized it's like, what, 30 years later, what really happened to me, why I was benched mm -hmm. because I spoke out and that was, uh, that's the reality of it. And, you know, it may not ever been, had, was never spoken about or anything, but it, it ruined my sports career more or less because I ended up transferring in the middle. I was playing basketball uh, after for Tubba Lowney and Terry Gomes, the two best coaches I felt in New Bedford. Yep. And I, I enjoyed playing for Tubba Lowney. And then I got suspended for a haircut and my grades were suffering because the, my shop supervisor's son took over my related class. And, uh, you know, the nepotism with that, his son gets the job after my shop teacher, the uh, related class teacher died, Mr. LeClaire, who's another great man. And so I just felt that my future at Volk was not going to be good. And it really pained me to have to leave in the middle of basketball season. I was playing sixth man, seventh man for Tubba Lowney, and I was a junior. And, uh, you know, I know I was going to be starting. Of course, I was already the starting quarterback, so I would have been starting next year for sure. 
Because yep. I started the last game. I ended up starting in the last game against Diamond Volk. And, of course, we won that game. And I called some very significant plays. I threw a 50-yard touchdown pass. And, wow. you know, it kind of turned the coach's head around. But I was doing other things, you know, practice. And they had sent me to JV games. And we were, like, just blowing teams away. I mean, I was throwing probably over 100 yards almost most for most games and i have people like calvin peener uh good running you know, back great running uh, back. gary thomas great receiver for yeah. me yep. uh uh i mean it just goes there's so many folks i can't remember everybody's name but i played with some great people at folk it's just we were always playing out of our league too we were playing schools that we should have never competed against and i asked my cousin gary because he was the quarterback for me and yeah, that was the picture. Yep, that appeared. And uh, uh, Gary Pope, uh, who was my is my cousin, who played at Volk too. And you know, I asked him about that, and I said, "Why were we playing schools that were not in our district? You know, we didn't have a district. We were independent." But he said, the, "Mr. Janiak wanted to play the best schools, but if we were playing schools that were in our." category because we were you know we weren't supposed to be playing schools like Attleboro and uh Durfee and and New Bedford High because they were just big schools and we weren't we didn't have that and we, we were probably like a 3A team at best if you if you look at it that way maybe a four but you know we were playing the, let, let me jump in for a second Derek let me jump in for a second first of all that's a great picture of you man and I come in. I come into this as a insider, then an outsider, then an insider. Mm-hmm. But I see when I came to New Bedford High, I saw exactly what you saw. Even this was, you know, you went to vote, but I saw this at New Bedford High. I it said, "Why are the kids yep. in New Bedford High being funneled to these programs that aren't going anywhere?" Whereas the other kids, you know, they had the. I don't know what they call them AP, but they had the, the, the chemistries and the biologies and all that. And we were subjugated to the core remedial classes and stuff like that. And I tell you, I always thought New Bedford missed the ball when they didn't come out and reach out to the Cape Verdean kids, <laughs> myself, and try to get us, you know, elevate us to a different level. They never tried that. And so where well, do we go from there? You know, it's, um... You weren't college and ready, it, right? Right. Yeah, and it, it all stems from, you know, we we you had a few people in place as far as within the school, but not enough people that were able to fight, you know, and and maybe take yeah. a stance like Derek did in school. You know, you had people on the faculty that could do that, but they also knew the game. They, they there was exactly. Well, if I make waves, you know, what's going to happen to me? Derek's right. a student, and look what they're doing to him. I'm a I'm a teacher. I'm an administrator. Whatever. Maybe I just need to let him do this fight on his own. And that's the problem back then is that there was there was people that were were in place, but well, you know we they didn't were, have any minority teachers at folk. I don't think. Well, I don't remember it, it, except Terry Gomes. Yes, and there was I and man, Derek. I can't. I was too young, but you know all I can tell you is that the wooden track. I was always there, you know, even though I was a self yeah. kid, but I was there playing around. And but there was one faculty member, 
I can't think of his name. He, you know, he's a black dude, and he came out and he always talked to us. He wasn't worried about you know shooing us off the, you know, he just hey come here, let me talk to you, and then he rapped with us. But I can't think of his name, and um, uh, I mean, he could have been a teacher aide. I don't know, but to me, he was a grown man that you know talked to us. Yeah. So, but he was up. He was he was he was genuine to us. So that's good. Let me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to just interject. You know, I, I don't know if you, you when we went to New Bedford High School, there was New Bedford High School sports, but we had outside of New Bedford High School, you had the junior barristers. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Kenny Soares. Kenny Soares yeah. was a quarterback and he was an amazing quarterback. Kenny Soares was was the best quarterback. And just like yourself, uh, the barristers, which was a junior team, was playing college teams. And you had guys like Benjamin Burns, uh, Roland Logan, my brother Buddy. You had you had all these names of these guys that that were amazing football players. Joe Dias, um, uh, Donald Tavares. They were they were just playing like professional football players. And and the coaches that we had, even though they weren't at New Bedford High School, like David Fonseca. You had um, uh, what's his name, Firmino. Butch Firmino, you had all these outside coaches that you would have thought would have been in the high school. So one of the problems I always had is a, as an athlete in New Bedford High School, I never there was never anybody that was actually that looked like me, and I was just wondering what's going on here. Unfortunately, because of my injury, my back injury, I, I had made the sophomore football team. It was only Kenny Kenny Johnson and myself were the only wide receivers, and then. When my doctor said you can't play contact sports, I said, "Well, heck, man, I swim. Let, let me swim." And and there weren't anybody on the team that that swimming team that looked like me. But I said, "Guess what? I swim down the beach every summer, all of us." And I said, "I'm going to go and try out for the team." So on my third, I, I I tried out for the team, and I was on it for three weeks until finally my back my back failed, and I was free free swimming. And I mean, I, I, I was, I, I was fast. I, I, you know, I never got, I, I'm not, of course, I'm not going to get my picture on the wall from it, but I was three weeks on the New Bedford high school swimming team and probably was one of the first uh, to do that. I mean, it wasn't like something that, that was, that we weren't familiar with everybody down the South end could swim, you know, right. Jojo well, Fortz, Jojo Fortz, all of them. <laughs> Jojo Fortz used to swim. Jojo Fortz used to get in trouble because he used to swim right across the river. He would, <laughs> he would swim to the other side. You know, you had I can all swim these, now, You had yeah. all these great <laughs> swimmers, man, and we we were the That's best true. swimmers. And when they got That's rid of the raft, you know, they got rid of the raft down the south end. We had two rafts. My father taught me how to swim when I was like eight years old, swimming out to the raft. And when you got rid of the raft down the south end, that none of those kids could ever imagine how we were swimming like we we're in the Caribbean. We could we could dive thirty feet. We could swim back and forth to the raft. We were we were excellent athletes. I mean, when you got rid of the raft, what was what was left? You know. Well, you know the best uh, the best street ball. Playground play I've ever seen was a guy named Jeffrey Martin. Did you guys remember him? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Jeffrey Martin. Oh man, I can't believe you just said I that. Never, yeah. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought this that guy up. Is crushing everybody at, on the wall <laughs> wherever he was. He was fast. He was, on the team. The, the he was fast. Yeah. yeah he, was, was. he was. He was the Earl of Pearl. Come on, he was playing Buttonwood Park. If you ever went to Buttonwood Park and watched him play, he was fast. 
he was so fast. He's got a brother, Robert. Remember, Charlie, you said you was going to yeah. get, we were going to do a dedication to him because he was an amazing athlete, right? He sure was. My neighbor, my neighbor. Definitely. The uh, Let me, um, you know, I, I, did, was a good I want, player too. Yeah. Kathy. Yeah, she was very good. Um, the, uh, and, you know, Derek knows that I was only two doors away from them. So I seen them every day. And you know what? If I heard a basketball, it was from Jeffrey or Cat, one of them. You know, <laughs> so the uh, he was a good man. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do something on him, definitely. I wanna, um, I wanna go back, reflect back to what, um, you know, Russell was saying. The reason why a lot of the minority coaches or people were not in place in all these school system is because they wasn't employees. So that's yeah. something that's been going on for many, many years. And that's the one thing that could keep most of the kid coaches that we believe that should be in place out of the school system. And the only way they could do that is to go to the school system and get employed right. there. So, teachers or something. yeah. So, but um, I want to go back to this comment here and Mike Samayo, definitely a past guest on a really Charlie uh, podcast. And I'm also going to get back to uh, a comment that um, Michael Santos had said also. So, um, but we're going to get back to these emails and, and the reason, I, I mean, I don't, what, what happened to coach Gruden is it happened and, um, just, you know, and, and there was justification there. Definitely. Yeah. The problem I have with everything is, all right, he's, he's getting burned at the stake and. But as you see in this comment, it says, I would expect the Wall Street Journal and New York Times to pull each thread of the 650K emails, much more to come on this. And, it, oh, yeah. and that's what I want to see, because you know what, if the regardless of how big John Gruden is, he's still the small, he's still a small piece of this because the people that he was writing uh, were big shots, you know, they were bigger than him. You know what? And they're not coming out. Why? Why aren't they coming out? And, you know, the emails are there and I, I, I want them to come out and I hopefully they do. Um, I'm not condoning this and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, that we, you know, Gruden got what he got and you're the other one that got caught. You know, it's like that second person that hit on the football field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got caught. The first one did. But, <laughs> Hey, so the what's your opinion about you know this uh, six hundred and fifty emails? I mean that that's that's six hundred fifty thousand emails. Um, that's that's quite a uh, history. Not emails. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's. I, I bet you in those the, emails you can write a book just on those emails. Yeah, I was reading the article because I wanted to catch up on uh, the speed because I didn't really know anything about it. I, I usually listen to the news, but the past couple of weeks that uh, we've had to deal with the fallout from Hurricane Ida and stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm glad you're been, safe, uh, man. Chilling and yeah. getting back home and trying to take care of business and. So I, I, I didn't even know about it until uh, I was talking to Frank. And um, I, I went to research and find a little background on it. And, I mean, it goes back several years. And some of the people he, would talk, he was talking about, you know, the commissioner and calling them names. And 
it's sort of like childish in a way. Yeah. And then, you know, making comments about, you know, uh, the, Sam, the gay player and things like that. I mean. But bigotry is childish, guy, man. It sure is. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't think this guy would know better. And, yeah, the people he's writing, you know, what was their response? Are they entertained by this? Are they telling this guy, you know, you know, we don't want to hear that, you know. You know, what would they ever reply? But, yeah, there's going to be more yeah. that comes out about it for sure. It's just going and to uh, take a while, I think. That's all. Yeah, and, and it, it, the first response, I mean, I mean, I'm – I got myself in trouble with emails, you know, at work, you know, and you know what? Sometimes you got to take a stand. I took a stand and I got in trouble for it. But the thing is, is, is somewhere down the line, you know, when in my, my personal experience, what happened is after I send that, you know, a lot of friends said, Hey, Charlie, what's going on? Hey man, don't do that. What are you doing? Stop. You know, <laughs> there was a stop. But the thing with Gruden, there was never a stop. You know, no one right. said stop. You know, that's it always yeah, it led saying, to another right. another piece. You know, another subject matter, and it just goes on. Oh, if you're his good friend, why don't you just say stop? You know, exactly. And, uh, it never it's not called for or something. You know, yeah, something like that. Especially, yeah, but, but again, it speaks to the person's heart, what they have inside. How do they really feel about you? And that's what you want. You want a person, right. you know. Love, man. You know, that's what it's all about. You, you can love a white person, black person, Chinese person. You can love anybody. Yeah. But you and, can and also it, hate them. And we want to know if you hate us. We, and this you know, spectrum. We know, when things yeah. happen, we want to know why they happen. Is it because we did something wrong or is it because you don't like us? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, Marita I Michael's find around comment. here. Go ahead, Derek. I was just reading Michael's comment and, you know, about. You know, he's talking about it's a it's a problem, of course, at NFL, ESPN, a lot of places. I mean, a lot of workplaces have that. I had workplace issues. I mean, it it's it's amazing that from a young person, I've had to deal with racist issues my whole life. And I even was put back in fifth grade. <laughs> Myself and another young man, uh, Robert Nichols, and we were bo- – Two K Vernon kids in a class in, in class at um, Duval School in fifth grade, and I was I transferred. My mother moved, and we transferred there, and you know it was an adjustment for me. But I was shocked that I was put back. Myself and this other kid, Robert Nichols, were, we were only two K Vernon boys in the class, and we both stayed back. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't, hey, let me tell you, all the kids in Westlawn were put back at least once. When I was growing up, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but see, no one was putting these teachers in check. Um, so, you know, the one one thing that solidified that I knew was a racist thing is because years later, when I went to work at that school as a substitute, when I went and she was working at, I knew it was Miss Pliskin, just to say it, I don't care, but yeah, yeah. she was working. At the school, and when I walked in the teacher's room, she jetted out the back door. <laughs> so it's like she she felt guilty or whatever it was, you know. She she couldn't face me, and uh, but you know what? The funny part is that Robert Nichols and I ended up in the same freshman class at Vogue. 
And he was wow. my neighbor. We lived across the street from each other. I lived on Forreston County and he lived on Forest Street. And we became neighbors and we were in the same class at Volk as a freshman, which is really ironic. I mean, that's that's just an amazing thing. But I ended up going, transferring back. My mother moved back to the neighborhood. So I ended up back at T.A. Green where I was with my old fifth grade teacher, Miss McMullen, a year later. She had the same look on her face that she had when she told us that President Kennedy was killed. Wow. She couldn't believe I was back again in the fifth grade. I saw that. I remember that look distinctly to me. Distinctively, she had that same look on her face, and she was in shock. And uh, because she knew that there's no way I should have been back in the fifth grade class because I I knew my work, and exactly. so that was that was kind of a. Uh, well, something know else that I didn't realize till yeah. later that it was a racist thing that had happened yeah. to me. But hey, I you know, you're going up in the neighborhood, I got called white boy, I got called nigger. I mean, <laughs> you know, but I'm who I am, and I'm, yeah. I'm 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 barely you know, as light as I am. My my only the only white in my family was from my great grandmother on my mother's side who was half English and half Portuguese. Mm -hmm. She married a dark-skinned Cape Verdean man in the late eight, nine, 1800s, and she was disowned by her family. She came from St. Michael, and she married my great-grandfather, and that was a badass lady right there because she yep. didn't care what people said or did. But she, and I'm proud of her because, mm -hmm. and then proud of my grandmother because she carried on the same way, you know, light skin. Most people would think she's a white woman, but she always stood for the community, always stuck with her Cape Verdean heritage, her people. That was the majority of her inner. That's good. And he yeah, froze a little bit. Yeah, he froze. Yeah. You froze up a little bit. Oh, okay. <clears throat> But yeah, it, it's uh, it's amazing that you know you've had to deal with stuff like this as a, as a young child and grow up and and it's still experiencing you know on work in here, and uh, you know I had to file EEOC complaint here. I sent you the picture, Charlie. They posted to represent me on, at work at, at, a, well, at a hospital. In fact, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to show this. This is a yeah, picture. That's my, of our that's my ID picture. That's his ID picture. So that's the one. So 2008, 2007, actually. That's the official picture, right. which led to this. This is what they posted to represent me. After Obama won, they started uh, showing themselves. Now, it, the, the, the craziest thing is that you see what his picture is. And as all as you know, whoever put that? that in there, some yeah, my coworkers a, did that. Yeah, and so it's a software program. So whoever put it in there, it's dated and timed when that picture was put in. And the thing is, electronically, you know, everything has a fingerprint. You can tell, exactly. and you you can definitely know where that came from, who put it in, what payroll was signed in. And regardless if it was someone else's account, guess what? You definitely know what terminal it was in. 
Where was this at, Derek? I'm sorry to jump in. West Jeff uh, Hospital Fitness Center, the parish hospital, West Jefferson Hospital. I I transferred from, I was working at Kisa Air Force Base at the fitness center. I know where that's at. I was driving 99 miles to work every day. So when I realized I I had, I didn't realize that I had passed two exits and didn't realize how I got there driving to work you know i was like no nah, i can't keep driving like this every day because you know you know you 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 realize your two exits past where you're supposed to be and you don't know how you got there it's like mm-hmm. i was dozing man my car knew yeah. where to go but i i wasn't paying <laughs> so i had to i had to come back closer to home and i did and things started out fine but you know when obama would one president they started acting up that's what this is the kind of retaliation they did i didn't I discovered it by accident. Actually, that picture had been posted up there long before I found it because I don't usually go on my own profile. But I, one day I just decided to check uh, the site because that's what pops up when you check into the gym with your card or, uh, you know, for, for our visitors and stuff and, it, and for me, too. But no one said anything. So when I found it, of course, you know, it was a big issue and I didn't even say anything for a while. I just wanted to see how it played out and then I I showed my cards at a, a an opportune time and of course the retaliation came at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did it didn't uh I mean someone got the person that put it up there got fired but she didn't get fired because of that. She got fired because she was actually training people and taking money. And that's oh. what they were Make t- making sure I'm putting people's names in the book all the time. Excuse me, to make sure that I wasn't doing that. And I'm wondering why they're asking me these questions and stuff. And you know, I they I used to work with the kids program, and I come in in the morning and stuff's thrown all over the place, and I get an email that says, "Well, you need to clean this room at night." The room wasn't perfect safe when I left. Coming in the morning, stuff's thrown all over the place because they come in earlier, and that's what they were doing. But they were like child like children childish stuff you know but you know that that kind of stuff is what you know the hospital didn't really make amends to me they didn't really do anything i filed an eos complaint and then when they filed somebody filed a false report on me causing saying i sexually harassed somebody they they went after me and eoc wow. didn't do nothing it was retaliation i talked to the director in houston they did nothing they they invent the, the investigator they had was horrible. Louisiana, you know, okay. they didn't care about me individually, but in the long run, they did have to hire minorities. They did hire people. I made changes there because I didn't stop just with them. I you know I there was issues with the Better Business Bureau that I had to deal with because the 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 guy that was running the fitness center, he was the head of it, you know. He, he allowed that atmosphere, and he was on the uh, board of uh, of the Better Business Bureau, so I even wrote them. And, I mean, I, I created a lot of ways, and uh, I wrote city council members, you know, p- county council members and stuff. So some they good didn't did do come from anything. So, so Steph Frank, I didn't hear you. Some, some good did come from that. that, that, that some that, good that. did. Everything that's happened to me, some, some kind of good came out of it because mm-hmm. I took action. Uh, you know, it didn't benefit me. I should have got a lawyer first of all, right away. That's what that's what I would like the people to know. If you have an issue, go consult with a lawyer. 
find an attorney yeah. that's going to help you because that people most most jobs human human resources no it's human waste departments that's what they are they don't care about the employees all they care about is status quo keeping things moving along and if a, if employee causes some kind of riff or wave um get rid of them that's that's yeah. what they do they don't they're not interested in solving issues solving problems and it's only a, it's it's only it's always human resources is always an extension of the administration or the people that exactly. are supervising you so we, it's and, and i agree it's a waste you can write 10 20 pages you know you can definitely do all you can go from a to z have everything in but you know sometimes it goes to those agencies uh departments and guess what it goes nowhere you know and uh makes you want to say hey maybe maybe i should have just punched a person in the face you know well, <laughs> you know, just, you know <laughs> and i would have got better stab and less stressful i would have said all right yeah, yeah. All right, i don't got a job but guess what i would have got fired anyway right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you know what what i did one time never forget obama was elect, elected president the second time so I had to go to Nellis Air Force Base for, for some routine stuff. So I go into the visitor center. Now I'm a visitor. And I look up on the wall and I see the base commander, the wing commander, squadron commander. And I said, hey, uh, where's, where's, where's the president? He's supposed to be at the top of the chain of command. And, they, and the guy looked at me, no, no, you know, in, in, in the spot they had welcome to uh, uh, Nellis Air Force Base. I said, no, that's supposed to be where the president is. That's, so I would. Sorry, yeah. I'll come back on. I went home, placed the phone, talked to, I said, let me talk to the base commander, secretary, please. And I said, my name is Frank Slaughter, former, you know, Air Force guy. And I came to the visitor center today and I saw the chain of command without the president's face up there. Do me a favor. Tell your commander, if the, if the picture's not up there, when I come back next time, he's going to be talking to his commander, who is Obama. <laughs> You find out why he's not respected in the chain of command at Nellis Air Force Base when a million people go through that base every year and they see that picture when they go through the visitor center. Next time I was there, the picture was up there. That's right. You you were, you were, you were probably one of many people that passed that, and and many people probably with the same credentials you have, you know, but they just didn't say anything. And, and, and they always tell you, always, they all, you know, you got to speak up. You got to speak up. And you can speak up one on one. You have to do it because guess what? It's don't make the status quo. Don't, when they become, when they're ignoring things, you know, you, you got to bring it to the attention and, and shed some light on it. The, uh, I, I'm not going to go into this conversation um, that I have, but um, later on, I'll, I'll talk to you guys about it, you know, individually with, similar to what frank is saying and i haven't got to it but i got a big big issue with a major company major major right. company it's been in, around since we all were kids and um i gotta deal with it but I, I just you know i got put my energy elsewhere but i will deal with it um so the uh hold on i'm uh i want to i want to talk to uh you know, frank we, we we had a conversation we wanted to get this all started you know talking about gruden and, and you know yeah. and 
I got a local issue with the Museum African American History that's in Nantucket, and it was, uh, you know, they they put some graffiti on it, had some nasty statements about, you know, black folks. And it thing is, is with that issue, that issue was in 2017, 18, you know, 18, and it's it's not getting it, it's not getting dealt with. You know, everything's passed the buck. And a town resident in Nantucket had to deal with it civilly so someone can address it. Um, but all the administration, you know, selectmen, chief of police, everybody's just, you know, passing the buck. And um, so, but I'll get to that. Frank, I want to, we decided we're going to talk about Gruden and being in Vegas. Mm -hmm. It's a whole, you know, that it, I mean, he was like, the emperor probably walking down the street when they first introduced that the Vegas, you know, the Raiders are going to Vegas and it's John Gruden. He already had that iconic status. Everything you, know? you can think of this guy had at his feet. Yes. Yep. And and so as you're in that city, there have to be numerous billboards, commercials, everything. What happened? Explain to us what happened in Vegas with this man's picture all over the place. Well, because he, you know, represents the NFL, and NFL is what seventy-five percent African American. They they responded. They responded in, in the right way. Um, he's gone. Yeah. You know, they they got an interim coach right now. Uh, and, and you know, he got taken out of the the, the circle of uh, of uh, of oh, in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So they're they doing the right thing because it is the right thing to do. This ain't like we're talking like you you, you, you have problems in, in 17. Derek had problems. We all have problems, but we, we move forward and we, and we try to correct them. Not not through you know, like, not through hate. We, we use our brains just like yeah. another sample space. I could have yelled and screamed and got dragged out of there. Derek, his job, he, you know, he could have got fired and. And, and all, you know, like I said, they brought up all ugly things about him that didn't happen just to deflect. But we have to move on from these things and we have to give the next generation, Charlie, the strength to, to stand on our shoulders so they can make that incremental move forward. And that's all that's we right. do. We move Frank, forward. how was the news media handling it out there? Oh, the news media? No, they're, 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 they're talking. They're not, they're, they ain't nobody standing behind this guy. Uh -huh. With all the good things that, that, that he brought to the city, the Raiders, all the money that's coming to the city. I mean, it's fabulous. The the, uh, the stadium is probably one of the most fabulous stadiums right now in the NFL. No, they, they, they're, not, they're not putting up. And I'll tell you what, I'm proud of Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, our police department, you know, we don't get that. You know, we have our problem, but not near as much as what you have in Louisiana or other places. Yeah. We, we, we've always been... Inclusive. We're a democratic state. Our governor's democratic. Our senators, our Congress people, our, our state representatives. We have a machine here, and we, we and we all inclusive. We got a big Hispanic population, and we come together here. We got a big Asian community uh, population, and we come together on the you know the most part. Of course, we got knuckleheads. Always have knuckleheads. Yeah. But they're not. They're 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 chatter. The little chatter, and we and they can be ignored. And this city knows what it means to be uh, a, a tourist destination, and they don't put up with that stuff. Yep. Exactly. Good. The um, 
and we uh i'm glad vegas is doing that because you know my perception of vegas is a great city and so i i, I have so much fun there i have you know the moments i was there yeah you know i'm a tourist and i'm doing all kinds of things but i gotta tell you that everyone i came across that was working there in a professional level whether inside a building or outside the building or just strangers you know they they were courteous that's, but, that's you know true, like yeah. any other city you got to be streetwise too you got to pay attention yeah. you know there's uh you know there's a rough side of yeah yeah and you gotta it's like anything else but you know I, i'll say i'll say vegas is good before i say it's bad you know but well, it's like anything else well you know charlie i you know i adopted this city uh it, it took me a long long time to call vegas my home and not mm-hmm. say new Bedford, massachusetts was my home it took me a long time got married had kids still i wasn't there but then one day you know i started getting involved in the community uh stumping for this senator this congressperson uh, i was uh, i was um chair the head of the chair at one of the democratic conventions here and all that stuff and i finally this 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 is home this is my kids are grown so when 08 came and the, and, and the downturn came and the, the crash came and we were making money manny pacquiao came here and he fought. I went to Oscar Goodman and said, listen, Mayor, you got to give this boxer the key to the city. He looks at me and said, what, Frank? I said, i tell you what. Give me your email. I'll email the things you've done because it's too much for me to talk to you and you got too many things to do right now. I emailed all the things Manny done. Especially, I said, he could fought anywhere in the state. He could fought California, Los Angeles. He could have fought in, in, in the Superdome. He could have mm-hmm. fought in, you know, anywhere. But he chose to fight here. And every time he fought here, he brought in people. He wasn't a neighborhood star. He was an international star. People come from all over. And so the mayor said, you know, Frank, we're going to give him the key to the city. And that was that was one of my best days in life with Manny up there and they handing the key to the city. Me and me and Austin Goodman, I had to find that picture, take a picture with the with the trophy belt, which is worth millions of dollars. I forget how many diamonds was in that belt. They had cops around it. The mayor just to take pictures with the belt so nobody run off with it. And the winner mm-hmm. of that fight kept the belt, and that's when he fought Cody. But I, I went a little step further. I would say, you know what? People come to Vegas. Let me give them something. I went to UNLV, got three big boxes, about maybe two or three hundred t-shirts piece in each box. Sat at the MGM where the fight was out, and I said, if you from if you from out of town, here's a t-shirt. Say, how much it costs? How much it? I'll pay for it. No, it's free. Thanks for coming to this town. And within an hour, 900 T-shirts were gone. Yep. And that's, you know, that's just me thinking to thank people for coming here. Awesome. That's awesome. Cool, man. <laughs> the, uh, you can't, you just can't. Frank's a gracious host out there. I had a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, you know what? That man, Frank Slaughter, you know, the little things that he does is so big. You know, to me, you know, he's done a, just little things, you know. He's made me contact a few people. And guess what? I got Jeff Mayweather sending me a, a text and talking to me. And I'm like, this is because of Frank, you know, <laughs> and the good dude he is. And I'm like, man, this is Frank nice. Goes, so, you know what, Frank? I'm going to give you your flowers eventually. But you may not, you may not want it. But you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to do something for you, brother, just because 
I like your conversation, your history, Derek, your history, Russell, your history. You know, I'm trying to be history. These stories have to be passed on to other people. You know, it's got to be passed on to people only because it's good nature. So let's let's share this good nature with people. Um, and, And maybe, you know, they can learn a little bit from us. Except Russell, you know. Hey, Russell. I want to interject. Russell, wait. Don't talk, man. Your wife's there. I'll have her slip, <laughs> slap you upside the head. Hey, shit, please, man. Come on. Come on. All right. <laughs> what are you doing in that she shed anyway? She heard, man? she heard it, man. She's going to come over here and give me that promise. I had a hang up that seated thing in the back of the hot, so I had to hang yeah. that up, man. Yeah. I, could, I, I have my airplane. You see my airplane in the back? You yeah, yeah. yeah. You see my airplane? Look, mm-hmm. look. Let me show you my airplane. Man. A biplane. I made that out of toilet paper rolls. I made yeah, this out of toilet yeah. paper roll, man. Bounty yeah. roll, you know. You know, you know my son would be flying one of them. About a, 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 about six months ago, my son flew in a biplane. I made wow. that. Yeah. Is that real? You did that one out of toilet paper rolls? That one? Yeah, I made that. To- I make a man toilet paper roll, but I think <laughs> I think. Awesome. That- Charlie was about to say something to me. Go ahead, Charlie. Listen, I'm not going to talk about you. You're my. Don't talk about me, man. You're my friends. Because I have to talk like Muhammad Ali. If I have to say, if I have to tell you, I'll I'll knock you out if you say something. All right. Get it, Russell. Charlie, three times times heavyweight champion of the world. (laughs) You ran the man. You you had a great career. Ask, as ask Frank. Frank will, Frank yeah. used to make me run in the morning at five thirty <laughs> at UMass. Five thirty in the morning. He had us running. Five thirty in the morning. He made us do push ups. <laughs> he made us run in a circle. This man was brutal, man. He's just like Ali. He interrupted Derek, Rose, man. That's Rose. just like Ali used to do. Interrupt everybody, man. You just yep. interrupted Derek. He was going to give me some praise. You know, and, 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 and you just interrupted him. Just yep. put it. You know, Russell. But, but Russell, Russell's a ham, though. He's a he's a he's a actor. He's been on TV, movies. He's, you know, so he can't help it. You oh let's not talk about TV. You guys didn't you guys didn't see this guy. This guy's been on every program you can imagine. He's just staying yeah. humble. Yes, he has. But, but, but you're the idol. You guys are the idol for me because you both of you know that. You're the one that and, and the biggest opportunity I ever had for you, Derek, is when I had a radio show at UMass. I invited you, remember, to come up. And the whole the whole theme was Finding the Sun Kiss Starship show, remember? So I started yeah, off like we were fun. in space and we were trying to find you. We were playing P Funk and all that stuff. And I was saying, We're gonna find the Sun Kiss Starship show. And then all of a sudden you popped on on, on the radio, remember? Yep. That was cool that was stuff, fun. man. Yep. You guys are the ones and we could you know, and that's why we 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 got from you and then we give on to other other young people the same way that we all treat each other right because sometimes you know the stuff that we talked about today some people are very nice like my son was telling me today dad sometimes people are nice to me man and you know and i said and i felt bad i said i'm sorry he goes i'm i try to be nice to them but they're not being nice to me 
And I said, you don't, you can give out, but if they're not going to be nice, you can just kind of turn and go your way. You don't have to say anything bad, but just, just walk away. That's all. But isn't that a Cape Verdean thing, Charlie, Derek, Russell, isn't that a Cape Verdean thing of, of, of always being nice first? Yeah. But then we get the other side, don't wrong us. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't, you don't do that. people. You, you don't do that. Well, very, very you, you know, I'm, let me tell you a short story. When I was going to UMass, I always wanted to read the news. And I was telling Der- uh, uh, Charlie this story last time. I, I used to go in a room and practice all the time. And the guy would come up to me and he would tell me, open the door. He was one of the managers. He said, you know, you just don't look like a newscaster. I couldn't believe he would say that. And I'd close the door and say, look, I said, look, get out of Shambai, man. Go. You don't know the word go somewhere. And I would practice and practice. And he was a really, really big guy. He was overweight. And then years, years later, I, I was going up by Stang and there was an ice cream shop there. And I, I went in there with my kids and the guy was there. And I looked at him. He looked familiar, but he had lost so much weight. And so I got my kids the ice cream. I said, oh, nice seeing you. And I was on my way to walk out. And he says, please, please, can I say something to you? And I looked at him and said, what would you want to say? He says, you know what? He says, I really want to say sorry for the way I acted years ago with you. He goes, I was so insecure about myself. I was fat. I was ugly. And I used to see you sit there and work so hard to try to train, to, to read news. And you, you just never stopped. And, you know, I'm very sorry about that. Moments like that, to me, are so big and better and like what Frank said, you know, it's I, I, all the times that he got up, went up there and said to me, you don't look like a newscaster. You know, I could have just punched punch him in the nose or something. But you see, I didn't take that action. I just closed the door and said, uh, you know, sooner or later, you know, the good will go go beyond the, the bad things that have happened. Yeah, Say, yeah, comma, he would say he was no. sorry, was the best thing in the world to look at you in your face and say, you know, I'm very sorry what I did. So he was really doing that. He was really doing that. Why? I don't know why. What were you doing that for then? But it paid off to him to say he was sorry. So say jealousy, you're sorry. Some people, say some you're people sorry, you know. Them. You know, jealousy. Chubby Tavares wrote that song, Jealousy. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, there's no reason for it. I mean, anybody can be in a limelight and get your share. It takes – you have to work at something. Things don't just yeah. automatically Absolutely. happen for you sometimes, you know. you got to work at it. Sometimes people get lucky. But sometimes, you know, those who get into situations sometimes, it's because they know somebody. I mean, Louisiana is a big uh, – proponent of that but even new bedford you know you know somebody you get a job you know i was told just get your degree and find who you know and you know that's how it works sometimes but it doesn't last because if you're not doing the job and you're not putting out quality work you're not you're not going to be able to you know you're not going to make it i mean we have a city here that is dysfunctional at times because they didn't hire qualified people to do their jobs. We had an IT director under Ray Nagin in New Orleans who didn't even have a degree in IT or something. He forged his information and he's making all this money running a department and he wasn't qualified. He just knew the guy, went to school with him or something and you get a job like that. People, that's what happens and that's nepotism. It happens both white and black. I mean, but mostly it happens with white folks. I mean, you look at 
how Donald Trump became president. The guy was the biggest failure of a businessman in the history of the country, maybe the world. Yeah, yeah. How do you lose a billion dollars, man? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's that, that's just uh, un, uncomprehensible. But he was handed it. He was handed money. He didn't respect anything, anybody. But they bailed him out. You know, people like him get bailed out because of what they are, who they are. But yeah, and everything black else. man, that wouldn't have happened. He would never be no president. Come on. Sometimes what happens is that they're all. Hey, I see you, Michael Gomes. Yeah, nobody, they're not, no one tells them no, you know, and uh, everything's yes, 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 yes. Right. You know, when you have money like that, yes, okay, all right, sir, you know. Um, yes, master, whatever, you know, it's losing the money. Yeah, and it, yeah, it exactly just, the losing. Yeah. So losing a billion dollars, man. That's that's, that's man, a, I, I that's a heavy task. <laughs> I can make a hundred thousand. I can make a hundred thousand go a long way. Never mind. It's got a exactly. billion, you know. Never, crazy. That's a lifetime. Exactly. The um uh I I have um you know I, I just you know, I try to bring all kinds of things on on issues on this on this podcast, and um, you know, I just want to let every single one of you know that I don't have any problem talking about anything whatsoever. Um, you know, so if you want to come on and talk of some about something, you just let me know, and it could be good, bad. Trying not to bring too much of the ugly stuff out, but you know, in politics and religion, kind of just puts people in a bad way man you yeah and i, I wasted <laughs> so much energy during the pandemic i'm like why why did i just turn around you know or just you know i i, I want to put on you know i wanted to make a t-shirt say hashtag no comment because right. i wanted to do that <laughs> i was just so tired of just fighting you know and i lost some family and friends so um, I understand you know, that over an argument, and I just uh, you know, but feel free to, to please, you know, anything you want on here, you know, just get in touch with me and we'll try to do this. Um, you get Jeff Mayweather on, let me know, brother. I'll, I'm, I'm on way in, man. I'm, I want I want the family to definitely <laughs> grieve and, and go through their, their, their yeah. emotional stage that they're going through, but. I'm I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna definitely get him on there and I mean yeah, you Frank were the one who told me he wasn't and, and, and you you Frank he got out of town. I said, What? Somebody died in his family, then I then I called Otis and find out, yeah, Frank, we're all in, you know, all in Michigan. I said, I, I got that from Charlie. Wow. I didn't hey. know that here. You know, this was probably a private thing, but mm -hmm. it's good to know. And, th and yeah. thank you, Charlie. I'll tell you we, what, I'm not I'm, I'll reach out to anybody. I'm trying to do this thing right, you know. I'm trying to. I'm not intimidated of, of trying to reach out to someone. But you know what, Frank? The thing was, is you asked me to, you know. I, I'm and I said, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm a man of my word. I gotta do it. I gotta do it, you know. So I feel comfortable about myself, and that my friend asked me to do something. I did it. It didn't work out, or it did work out. At least I want to give you an answer to say, you know, Frank, it's not gonna happen, you know. And, uh, you know, I like working with Russell every day. I got, you know, I got to do everything, you know, I'm, I'm creating the song list for the place for WMB one. Russell don't want to do anything, you know, he don't do anything, you know, he just oh there, you know? I do not. I do not. I, 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 give me five songs. I got to wait. 
I'm not doing two weeks for five. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. One thing I will do, though, man, is I will sing on that radio show pretty soon. You cannot sing. I missed out. I missed out on Victor Tavares singing "Check It Out," but I did ask him, "Can I sing Check It Out?" And he, he gave me permission oh, no. to sing Check no. It Out. So when I talk to him further, no. he's going to tell me that Charlie, I can sing Charlie, Check It Out. And listen, I'm already in so contact with. I can with, give you that. I can give you my with, voice and sing on the radio. No, no I'm already no. in contact with production. Brian Magnus gonna be on it. You start singing, <laughs> right. everything's getting muted. He's already on top of it. And, and you know, you, listen, know, you guys Russell. laugh. Listen, you guys laugh. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. You can laugh. I I sang for the for the Morgan State Choir in Baltimore, and we traveled three between New York and Baltimore singing and i was with one of the biggest i was in one of the voice. biggest choirs in the country <laughs> yeah they put you in the right? back right it's a good thing all the voices were singing ezekiel along the, saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air ezekiel saw the wheel <laughs> way in the middle of the air the big right, one runs right. by grace the little one runs by the race of god a wheel in the wheel all right, bro. All jokes aside, uh, yep. us, us four guys, let's bring some content to, to, to your radio station every once in a while. I find something interesting in, in this part of the world. Derek, you find something interesting. You know, let's communicate, put it together before. Now I can see you guys, thanks to your wife, uh, <laughs> Russell, and I can be on your show, and I don't have to get, have an iPhone and try to look at it so, yeah i want you know this is a great show i you know i've been listening to your show even though like thank uh, you i'm not on thank it i've been listening to a couple, yeah. couple times a week i'll tune in yeah, oh, that last girl you had she was good the writer oh, she yeah. was good that was an interesting show those people they're getting nominated for grammys man they're here on a really awesome, top projects, yeah. you know and it, it's and it's just friends it's just networking doing the right thing you know talking to different friends and and you know, and I, uh, and I'm, I'm blessed with it. I'm blessed with it, and I wanted these blessings to continue. And uh, but along with this, more. man, I, I need some good music too. You know. Hey, one good, one quick question to Frank. Frank, yeah. are you gonna, are you gonna invite us to Vegas so we can go in the gym and work out? You froze on that one. Are you going to let us go to the gym yeah. in Vegas to work out? What, you know, get together, all three of you guys, you know, let me know. Just not work out. We'll go places. We'll do things. Uh, go to Utah, go hiking, you know, something, something out, out of the ordinary. We're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to be able to get in the ring. Say again? We're going to get in the ring. We're going to be able to get in the ring. Yeah, I think you want to get in the ring like I did. Huh? You want to, you want to yeah. do that stuff, huh? Yeah, I did grow up. I did grow up in the boys' club, which is now the boys and girls' club. I better correct myself. Make sure I put the girls Bucky on the Vincent. end, man. That's right. You mentioned right. coaches like Bucky Vincent, Turtle Rosario, yeah. JoJo Rose. Those are some great coaches for kids. Don't forget uh, Manny Burgo. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan. Manny Burgo. Yeah, that's Michael. We had some yeah. great coaches back then too. No, you know, he got a, and and you know what? I, I I can't I can't miss this opportunity. But we we forget to mention uh, Joanne Livermento. You know, we forget oh, to yes, mention. Yes, you know, here she is. You know, 
president of the New England Boxing Association. If I'm wow. if I'm wrong, I'll correct it later. But you know what? First female, this girl, this woman here, New Bedford, did her thing around a much a bunch of men, you know. And and guess what? She did her thing. Her and her late husband Nathan Livermento, and um, you know, so we gotta. I did not know he passed. Yeah, yeah, he's. No, I, didn't, uh, I didn't either. Yeah, it's, I'm sorry Nathan. to put that out there, and you guys didn't know, but Nate is is is. I mean, this is doing extraordinary things. He did it here, New Bedford, throughout the New England county, New England area, and he did much, much more in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So. You know, now his son's out there, Adam, doing his thing. and uh, That's good. And the, so, the uh, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. We can bring up any kind of conversation. You, know, you guys can just come on. We'll talk about anything, you know. It, it, you know, Derek well, I and I got my and, thinking and cap and, on, man. Yeah. You saw my thinking <laughs> cap, right? Oh, yeah, this exactly. is, uh, I want to thank you, Charlie. I want to thank you for one thing. My, <laughs> my nephew talks highly of you like you were his mentor. My sister, Amy's son, Ashton. Always you, talks about you. Great. I bring up your name. You should hear him battle your ear. Yep. I waved to him uh, just a couple of days ago. He was going in the house, and um, I love him. He was good people. And, uh, you know, and, and Noah, with you two here and being Marines, you know, you know that's another thing. You know, a lot of a lot of young men and women are definitely not going to college. They're choosing to go to the Marine Corps. You know, that's something that. You know, we can talk about, but there's so many other things, and it doesn't have I to be about the stuff. You was in the army. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? I did know that. That's all right. I mean, that's I no big deal. That. I used to be a recruiter. I put too, kids so in the Marine. So I mean, I put kids in. I let, I let them choose their own branch, and then I, because kids are so out of shape. Derek knows this. That a lot of them want to make it through basic. So I give them a month uh, training with me. Don't charge them anything. I have never had a kid fail basic. Never. Yeah. And you know what? It my two cousins. The twins, they both went. Story was crazy, you know. They 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 were both decided that they're not going to go to college. They don't want to put that expense on their 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 parents, so they decided to join the U.S. Army. And they both, you know, uh, it just so happens they were, you know, there was a decision that they were both going to go to basic in different parts of the country, and one had a problem, you know. So they said, no, you got to come back next week. What happened is that. Just that that decision done by the recruiter or whatever, it put him on delay. So being on that delay, they both went to basic training. They went to Fort Benning. Both of them, two brothers, same unit, everything, you know, and it's crazy. They went through it all. They were there, and, uh, you know, then they end up going to, you know, being part of the 82nd Airborne. And, um, well, but awesome. that was a great story, and, and I, I want to get that story out because – you know, they went through so much. But what I want to get at is, you know, that fresh break during basic training, you know, usually around Christmas or whatever, you know, a few months in, and they decide that they're going to give them some leave and they go home. So they go home. And I thought I knew my two cousins very well. But what happened is those boys became men just in those short few months. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe what it did for them. And, um, you know, so I always, I'm always trying to, I don't encourage and, and force anybody in any kind of direction, but if they come to me with some kind of conversation about the services, I'm going to say, if that's what you want to do, I can help you and I can put you into, 
in the direction of see some people, you know. But what I want to say is the military, some what it does is is these guys needed that, that needed the maturity, they needed all that. And it, it teaches them that. accountability and sure. to be responsible, you know, sure uh, for themselves and others. You have to work as a team and. Uh, some some people get handed some very expensive equipment at a young age and they have to be responsible and they learn how to how to do it the way the army teaches i mean and, and military in general you learn so much in a short time so you, you got to um grasp it and you got to pay attention so you have to focus and, and it's a good thing but my, my, the other thing about my thinking cap right this is a, yep. a black author from new orleans okay he has this uh uh, he wrote a children's book called Bamsey Baby. And Bamsey is a character that uh, he's developed and he has a, an onstage play and stuff. Of course, things got really thrown back after uh, COVID. But uh, that's one of the things that I participated in recently was a Black Authors uh, Conference. And so I got to meet him. I was sitting near him and stuff. And uh, he had some interesting stuff. So I bought a couple of his books. So you have young, well, he's not so young. He's a college grad. He's an older guy, but he left the corporate world to do this venture. So that's another thing. You've got to take uh, chances and opportunity. And he's created stage characters and he has books. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome thing when somebody just does something like that on their own and they can be successful. But of course, you can't see my shirt, but I have to show you it. Finger <laughs> that's, fire. That's nice. This is a shout one. out to Brother Calvin Pina in Florida, like. Fort Walton Beach, who I play yeah. football with at Volk. They call him Peanut. Mm -hmm. Calvin's a Harley rider. He's in uh, the Gulf Coast Riders, a black uh, motorcycle uh, organization club here in the uh, South End. I was hanging out with Calvin after Ida and uh, got to got to go to a club and see uh, him perform and uh, I had a really good time out there. So he, he's doing well. His band is called Finger Fire. He's got a couple of CDs they've done and stuff. So he, uh, he was on the another, podcast. That's my cousin. From, you know that. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> another yeah. brother from New Bedford doing great elsewhere he was a fireman retired he works for the bass pro shops he's been doing that almost 20 years yeah. it seems so calvin's doing great out there and everywhere you go everybody knows him peanut peanut hey mm -hmm. peanut what's up so, now you you talk about running backs that i mean football oh yeah that was yeah, the running back i wanted to be that was the dude I wanted to see. I told him, I said, I, my favorite play, man, was when you were tailback is 26 power, man. Call it 26 power. I know you want to get me first down. Uh, <laughs> Calvin, man, he was fast. He, he, he was everything that I wanted to be other than, you know, there was there was plenty of people, you know. You, you had Fruit Lopes, you know, you had everybody. There was so many, you know, football players that I would try to be. But there's one thing about Calvin Pina. It's, he was in my family, you know, and, and that was the dude. And, uh, you know, but I, I was fortunate, man. I, I looked to the, I looked to the, I get to my front door, look to the left, Keith Francis right there. I look to the right, I got Jeffrey Martin. I look straight ahead, I got Dwayne Lopes. 
Damn. There's no way that I could. I had. <laughs> I had it all right there. And, I've hung out with Dwayne in Houston quite a bit when Mike yeah. Mike Gomes, rest his soul, lived down yep. there. I used to be in Houston a lot back in the eighties, man. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, uh, I had Derek. You know, D Rose, you, 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 everything that you, you, you that come your way, I'm very happy. You know, and uh, Frank Slaughter. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm glad to be a part of this. It was, it was yeah. good. Long time this coming. Was real good. Russ trying to get me on and. And Frank, so you know, I've had a lot of prodding, and finally, you know, it, it's happened. And, and Good, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it did. That it's he he stayed. Derek stayed really quiet about all his all his movie stuff, which he I, I know he could have just gone on and on, but respectfully, he's, <laughs> no, respectfully, he's done a lot of stuff. So you can, if anybody wants to, Derek will tell you where to go see his samples and all the little movie clips he's been in because he's been in a whole heck of a lot of stuff. Just name name one or two of them because you got a long list. Name well, name some favorites, man. I was a, a regular on a couple. I just got thrown into these situations sometimes. I mean, I never expected to do some of the stuff that I had done uh, in movies and television shows. And, uh, you know, but they pick you out on the set sometimes and they have to throw you in a situation. So next thing I know, I'm actually operating a locomotive and Sandra Bullock is telling me the vominos, right? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> so, I mean, that's one of the things you don't expect. I get to meet Will Smith from the movie Focus. And when I, when he's calling me, sir. And I'm like, no, don't call me, sir, man. My name's Derek Rose. He goes, Derek Rose. <laughs> so, you know, so you have some really good moments like that. But I've worked on the movie Focus. I've worked on uh, Our Brand is Christ. I've worked on The Butler. And that was an eye-opener because I'm sitting there and 15 feet away from me, you know, there's Oprah. And I'm looking and I'm saying to myself, I'm actually cursing to myself, that's so-and-so Oprah. <laughs> Man, that's Oprah over there, right? And, you know, you had Forrest Whitaker and, you, you know, uh, Cooper Gooden Jr.'s grabbed me by the shoulders, acting crazy, and Lenny Kravitz. I mean, you have so many different people in that movie. And then I've worked, uh, you know, several movies, uh, um, Magnificent Seven, Denzel, and uh, I didn't get any laughs out of Denzel. I was doing stand-in for the Indian Red Harvest. But mm-hmm. Denzel is a very solemn guy. He don't talk to people. He'll even tell you, I don't know you. He ain't talking to you. Nobody <laughs> 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 wants to go shake his hand. That's what you're saying. So but I was a regular on Flirty, uh, Filthy Rich, which was a recent show that got canceled because um, of COVID and stuff. Um, I mean, it's a TV show like Nancy New Holland. Uh, you know, just just back running, but they seem to like me, so they put me in these situations. So, I mean, it, it, there's a, there is a long list. USA Network, uh, Queen of the South. I was a regular, did like feature stuff on that as a cop, a bad cop or a gangster, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a it's been a lot lot of stuff that's had happened since 2012. I started off and on. You know, I was doing it part time because I was coaching girls basketball. So. You know, I couldn't really, I just did it in the summer or something and when the season was over. But then it became a regular thing for me, and I've been doing it. I'm working on a Disney show now, but um, can't really talk about that. I'll be doing some standing. Yep. 
And um, uh, uh, there's a couple other things, a movie that's coming out called We Have a Goal. So I just worked on that recently. So there, there's been a, uh, there has been a long list, Russell. And uh, every time I, mean, I call you, every time I call you, <laughs> you're on, you're on the set. Yeah. It's, hey, that's, that's good, good, good stuff, that's, man. That's blessing. You know. He never, he never really, he never really talks to me. Actually, he's usually he's, he's got some assistant that gets on the phone and says, yeah, "Mr. Right. Ramis, uh, yeah. Derek can't hey, talk hey, to you." Hey, hey, he said hey, you hey, called hey, like hey, last week. Nice it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a whole week, right? Don't you get hey, it? You get listen, it, right? Russell, you're not like learning, that. man. Russell, you gotta learn. Don't Russell's call yourself. Call Frank first. Call Frank first and have Frank call Derek, and then you get your it's message true. delivered. That's true. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Russell it's only true. wants to hear about Formula One. You could, If you talk Formula yeah. One racing That's with him, he'll talk to you all day. Man. You know, Charlie, you know, Charlie, Charlie's learned a lot from me because Charlie used to tell me when I started talking about racing, he was like, Oh well, what do you watch that for? It's just about cars going <laughs> going around and around and around in a circle. Yeah. And I was what? thinking, I was what? thinking, what? I was thinking to myself, when you were working, didn't you do that in the neighborhood? You went around and around and around in the circle, right? I did. <laughs> didn't I you did. do that? You know, right. he you got he's learned a lot about this because when I told him, none of you guys probably don't even know about Lewis Hamilton, do you? I, I know about the English. You guys guy. better learn about I'm not gonna even go into it. Yeah, he's good, but yeah. yeah. Actually, Listen, you- I was I was a hospitality <laughs> captain in nineteen ninety two when they had the uh New Orleans, the Grand Prix here, Grand Prix do Mardi Gras here in New Orleans. So I, I, I loved racing for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I never went to work with uh, Mr. Com- uh, Mr. Uh, Cromwell, who lived across the street. Oh from me. man, yeah. Mr. Uh, Cromwell, man. And I was learning mechanics, so I actually could have learned a lot from him and could have helped him. I might have been able to get into racing at that point myself. Oh but, yeah. You know, I'm running around chasing girls, and you know, yeah. I remember, I remember him, and I remember you used to live across the street from him. I yes, used to Cromwell, always working oh, he on had his car. Race he cars. had his car right yeah. in the backyard. He had his he had his race car right in the backyard, in the south end, right in the south end. He's the only uh, brother that has won at Seacock, You know, yeah, so, from that I'm a, I'm aware of. You know, yeah, so, I had you know, he, I had him, and uh, to you know, as far as. You know, had Mr. Cromwell, we had Dave Baptiste, you know, we had him, you know, he was doing his thing too. So with the drag right? racing and all drag, that. Drag oh, racer. Yeah. He was from Wareham, isn't he? No, no. Isn't he from Wareham? Wait. The drag racer? No? I'm not sure. But I, he's usually, I, in, his, he's usually in the parade. On, he's been in the parade a couple of times. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. All right, okay. But, um, so... And just as Derek, you know, Derek's got a, a, a great stories. And he's accomplished much, much things, you know. And Frank, you did the same. I mean, the, the people you guys have seen in your lifetime are just amazing. I mean, I I gotta look for them in the, on the internet, you know. <laughs> and so, but please cherish those moments as I know you do. And um, you know, it, it there's a podcast in every single one of you. So, you know, let's. Let's continue to do this, and um, okay. you know, Frank. I love talking to you, Derek. Yeah, my boy, man, Bay Village kid. You know, and uh, yep. Russell. Way you know, back. We, every Tuesday, you know, it's you and I, man. And uh, this, this Russell's 
a good dude, man. And we joke around with him. We we dog him sometimes. But you know what? If I got to call someone, he's answering the phone. And <laughs> I really appreciate it. So, all right, guys. Anything you want to talk about? I mean, we've been here a while. So, you know, but I, I yeah. just want to, I appreciate this. Um, and kind of I mean, touched we, upon a little bit of everything, I guess. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I was just able to let out some of the things that, you know, people never know what, why you got to where you were or what you did, but you know, it wasn't easy for me to break into radio. It was something that I thought I wanted to do. And once I set my mind to it, that's what I had planned on doing. I had opportunities to possibly work at other places in radio. I almost got a job at WEBB, uh, which was a, a station in Baltimore that James Brown owned. Oh, wow. I'm not sure I wanted to go live in Baltimore, you know. (laughs) You know, things like that. I didn't really want to move around. I lived there for a whole whole year, so I I know that station you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. W-E-B-B. Good people. No, it's a good people in Baltimore, man. It's just, you know. But, tough time. Not tough good time. living as much though. I don't know. 80, it's like eighty-two it's a, and eighty-three were a very tough time in Baltimore, and yeah. you know, it's not it's not everywhere. Uh, the depiction of the wire is definitely uh, a neighborhood I lived in. I got lots of stories, but I'm not going to tell them. But I I was you know, it was good for a year. That's it. Right. All right. Tough town. Um, you know. All right, Frank. I got to ask everybody this question before we close this. Um, okay. you know, uh, and the question is for all three of you, and we'll start with Frank and Russell then, and with Derek. Um, who would you like to see on the Really Charlie podcast, Frank? Freezing. Hang on. Oh, it's freezing. Go yeah, ahead, Frank. Now, be, repeat the question. Go on. Who, who would you like to see on the Really Charlie podcast? Wow. You know, if, if I could get him, I, I would love to get Floyd Mayweather. That would be, that would be a big one. But he, he's elusive. I'll take Jeff any day. Jeff is a great guy. And, you know, I got some, I got some other people, you know, in the boxing world, in the, in, in the UFC world that I, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Marvin Eastman, the Beastman. No, I haven't. Okay. He, he, he was um, a UFC uh, star way back in the, in the day. And, um, he was like the gatekeeper, man. You know, you see him in magazines for, for you know, MMA. Marvin, Marvin be on the front page. He's a good friend of mine. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna do that. Man. I'm going to reach out. Now, Russell, what about you? I, I think the one you should reach out to is uh, Todd DeReese. Yep. Todd DeReese. We, we had contact, and uh, so we're, we're, we should have something in the future on the podcast with Todd and uh, – Get his story out there. Yeah. All right, thank you. Um, and Derek? It's a tough question. I mean, I like uh, there's a number of people that I, I, I would like to see you uh, pick their brain. But uh, I have to say probably more accessible and somebody who is, is an icon in New Bedford. When they call the school Pope High, you know that you're doing something special. And he, he you know, he was like uh, uh, Al Bundy's four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> and he, you know, scored many touchdowns in, in, in many games and, and threw passes and caught passes. He, Gary Pope, my cousin, he was like uh, I, I, 
all these guys that you see that are quarterbacks now. He he ran. He he did everything. I mean, he played defense. He, yeah. You know, he it's uh, in his blood. He's an all around, all around player, and uh, he didn't necessarily want to be a quarterback, but. <laughs> He ended up doing it anyway. You know, he wanted to be a running back more or less. But and uh, I think he would have some interesting stories because he went to Monmouth College, too, and played out there a little bit. And he told me, boy, these guys hit hard, man. Mm-hmm. But that, that was another thing that we, you know, as far as get football, I actually did play in a couple of semi-pro games, minor league, and I, and I played for a Fall River team. And uh, I was the backup quarterback, and we went up to Albany, New York. And I called my friend up there, and I said, we're going to go play this team called the Maulers. And he kind of said, oh, okay, yeah. So (laughs) he didn't tell me that they were like the East Coast champs for years. (laughs) So I go up there, and they got the old Los Angeles Rams uniforms. Mm -hmm. And these guys look like professionals and we were ragtag i didn't have any hip pads on i barely weighed 150 pounds and uh i got to run a few plays and i actually made a first down on the option against the maulers and i got hit so hard my earring came out of my ear and cut me on the other side of my nose i lost my diamond earring (laughs) that was my experience in you know, a, a lower professional level, but uh, at least I got to do it. I got to play against exactly. the best team. So, you know, sometimes uh, my scorecard might not look pretty, but I got some stuff in there, you know. That's it. Your <laughs> also, name. Oh, Charlie, wait, 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 wait. One more person. He's in your area. Demetrius Andre. Get Demetrius on. We, we got to build this guy up. Yeah. yeah we I was, just... Hey, listen, I was, in, I was in the gym the other day, and I was talking to uh, – uh, David Samples, a world champion. And I, I talked with Demetrius Andre. He thinks, and this is crazy, and I think so too, he thinks he can be Canelo. Of course, I do too. And I, hey, and I like Canelo. I do. Yeah, I really do. I don't. But I don't. I, I, I'm telling you, there's something about him, there's something about Boo Boo that will give this guy some problems everywhere in the ring from the from against the ropes we gotta get him on even jamming him he's gonna he's definitely boo boo is definitely there canelo slow canelo knows it and that's why he's got the leverage right now but you know what he can lose his less he can lose his next fight and he ain't gonna have that leverage no more you know he can win his next fight don't matter yeah boo 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 is in line for a big shot, and that's all. And we got to get behind him because he's a homeboy. He's a Cape Verdean guy, just like they do Manny Pacquiao. If the Filipinos get behind us, as Cape Verdeans get behind us, show them we can bring butts in the seat in Las Vegas when Boo Boo fights here. Like I said, I carried the, the, the Cape Verdean flag in the ring for him one time. Yeah. And I know this guy, you know, he, he has the skills. I see him um, at Mayweather's gym. Canelo was at the fight capital. We closed that up, and he 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 was there doing his little camp. And um, I think he's slow. He's, yeah, I think he's slow. Um, May, Mayweather exposed him years ago. So get 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 him on get him on your show, and let's 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 build this guy up. I Maybe sure you will. can get on a fight card in New Orleans because they they had on um, Friday night fights here for a while, but you know mm-hmm. with with the. With COVID happening, it kind of stopped. But they were yeah, we are the same. Some interesting fights. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I'm gonna do it. You know, I got the contacts to reach out to to Demetrius, so I'm gonna do that and uh and I'll get him on it. Um uh, I love you guys. And, Thank you. Uh, all right, Charlie. You need Good me. to hear from you. Good to yeah, see all is, you guys. I'll put this on. It will be on Anchor and Spotify, YouTube. Definitely do that. And uh, uh, all together. Yeah. We're going to say, really, Charlie? Really, Charlie? It's like, really, Charlie? Really? <laughs> really, really, Charlie? Go like that with your mom. Yeah, really, really, Charlie? Charlie? Really, hey. Charlie? Hey, hey, Charlie, really? <laughs> Thank you yeah, for the really audio. Charlie. Thank really you for Charlie. the audio. That's the next commercial. Thank you for the audio. All right. And you guys ain't getting no yeah. money from it. Right. Really, Charlie? Yeah, really. <laughs> I love it. That's you know, my next you, know, you know where you know where he got that from? It's because his he would tell his wife things. His wife would tell him, "Really, Charlie?" Yeah, that's right. He's not telling you. I know where he got that from. It's a stick. I like All it. Right. I love it. All right, y'all. I'm gonna uh Bye, definitely uh be Derek, sending you some. Russell, I'll be sending you a really Charlie podcast T-shirt soon. You know? And I still right. have hair. People said I was That's gonna. Look at it, man. <laughs> it's all in the back. It's all back here. All my friends. I had an afro. Last Not the only one that got here. That's Charlie, another story. Charlie's the only one that got here. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. That 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 come over don't help. I got I bought. I got I bought that for five dollars at the dollar store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie got here. He's got it here. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Russell ain't telling you. That's the stuff from uh, known as known as dolls that are behind them, man. She just that's that right. That's head, right, man. man. That's right. That gorilla glue looks for it works. That's for right. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that superfly roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Charlie. Really, this is your partner here, really, Russell. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, All right guys. All All right, guys. Good, man. Have a great night. See ya. All right. Awesome. Good job. All right, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And I ain't going to keep you. We've been on for a while. Longest podcast I had. And, but, you know, it's well worth it. These guys are definitely doing the right thing. They, uh, you know, Derek acting, doing many, many things. Frank's down in Vegas doing a lot of things in, in the boxing ring and boxing uh, world. And, uh, and my man, Russell, he's always doing between acting, uh, playwright, you know, on the radio with me on WMB one radio, definitely doing great things. And um, I'm glad to spend two hours with them. All right. Continue to watch and listen to uh, the really Charlie podcast on anchor, Spotify, um, YouTube and StreamYard. continue to support me. And when you have a chance, tune into WMB one radio.com. And listen to WNB1 Radio on Tuesday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Where myself and Russell Ramos are playing some of the oldest music. And our slogan is, serving you R&B music on the rocks. Chilled music with chilled hosts where you get to listen to the music you love the most on WNB1 Radio. God bless all. Have a good night.